0: Welcome to the Bald Move TV podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. That's a bold claim. I'm Jim. And it's 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 valid, because uh, this week <laughs> we're going to be talking about who won the week between Fargo, Leftovers, and Better Call Saul. Spoilers ahoy for all of those, because we can't really judge them without talking about them. It's true. This week, uh, Fargo had the House of Special Purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Better Call Saul had off brand, and the, the leftovers had it's a Matt, 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 Matt world. Right. Where, among other things, Matt talks his way onto a chartered sex boat to Australia. <laughs> he sure does. Um, this is perhaps the toughest week to judge because I agree. all of these episodes were amazing. Mm-hmm. And they were all kind of like towards the top of their game. What do we do? I, every. Every week up
1: to this point has been easy for me to say that Fargo is a distant third. Uh-huh. Uh this distant. week that is not true. Distant? Uh, third? F- yeah, relatively. Okay. Distant third. Um this week that's not true. I think th- that actually Better Call Saul is gonna lag behind a little bit this week for hmm. me. I'm gonna say Better Call Saul
0: is number three for me. So the pleasure of seeing Lydia and uncovering the origin of the mm. Saul Goodman. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's just meant nothing to you. It meant absolutely nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. What kind of fan are you?
0: Cold-hearted. Better call Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould are listening with headphones and just tears stream (laughs) like Nora Durst last week. (laughs) Tears streaming out of their eyes.
1: Uh, so they're in third they, place, huh? They should come on the podcast and they should talk about it because uh, no, uh, of course it's not like a crazy distant third. Um, the bronze It was another like Olympics, another excellent episode of Better Call Saul. It's an honor um, to be on
0: the podium as always. That's the whole theme of this sure. week. Yeah. Like you know, if anyone has a really bad episode, we'll talk about it. But like this week was everything was, you know, tippy tippy top.
1: Uh, but I, I think Fargo had the best episode of the season so far. Yep, um, and I think leftovers was you know, consistently good as Leftovers is, but maybe just a hair. Uh, it it just didn't work for me as well as I hoped it would mm-hmm. um, for a Matt-centric episode uh, until the very end of that episode. the
0: worst of the Matt-centric episodes?
1: I mean, they've been so fucking good.
0: That's what I'm saying. Th- like, the second season one might be the best. The first season <laughs> one is kind of like where... The leftovers rounded into shape and like oh this is this is something amazing I'm seeing, yeah, uh, and the second season one yeah his his desperate try- attempt to get inside miracle with his wife was <laughs> wow. fucking amazing. And this one is good, mm-hmm. but it felt like more of like, well, we can't just leave Matt dangling, so we need another Matt episode. But it's it's really good, and I thought uh, Christopher Eccleston was typically excellent when he was dealing, you know, going before the face of God, mm-hmm. and how he kind of like as a you know fifty some year old man turned into a little boy somehow in that performance. I thought was amazing. It was yeah, a the lot ending of great of that visuals. Episode. It's fantastic. All the stuff that went on the sex boat I thought was really visually interesting. Um, it
1: was, but for me, that's that's kind of where it loses out a point or two is mm. I just – it didn't connect really? to the, the rest of the episode in the way that I hoped it would. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't think Matt
0: being almost raped by a robotic lion was, <laughs> yeah, was, was lion, gripping?
1: Yeah. Uh, it certainly gripped something, <laughs> <laughs> or they tried to, but –
0: uh, free. Okay, so are Am I hearing you right that you're at Leftovers 1, Fargo 2 Better Call Saul 3 mm-hmm.
1: It's I really enjoyed this week's Fargo, I is, really fucking enjoyed
0: it Because it was hilarious Fargo was very, and I think Fargo's it's funny when they were at their best When they really straddled that black comedy Just so, Yeah, and they really Fired on all those cylinders And had, I think this is the best cast They've had
1: I think so. Like, like, and that's yeah.
0: saying a lot because we had Martin Freeman and uh, uh, Billy, Bob, Billy Thornton. Bob Thornton, and then we had uh, uh, Wilson, Patrick Wilson, uh, and uh, Dan Danson, Dan Ted Aykroyd, Danson. Danson, and a lot, like a lot of people. Matt Damon, it. Kirsten Dunst, yeah, tons yeah, yeah. of people. But, but I feel like this is you got you got uh, you, you got uh, the people. You got Ewan McGregor, yeah, you got Michael Stolberg you got David Thulis.
1: crushing it. Michael Stahlberg and David Thewlis are incredible on screen this right. this episode.
0: And then you also have this, uh, this this little known starlet Carrie Coon, right? Who's like. And it, it, this is not a knock on her, but like she is not the the huge bright point in the season. She's kind of like the center of the show that everything's revolving around. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that she will have a chance to flex her muscles, but like it's just you know like the leftovers is fucking God's gift to actors. It seems like <laughs> right. So are you actually suggesting that Fargo might have surpassed the Leftovers? I think this I am.
1: Week? Yeah, it had leftovers had a less than stellar, which is, doesn't happen often. But less than stellar episode, in my opinion, and Fargo had maybe the best of the
0: series. I almost regret giving Fargo the win last week because I got this weird, like, I can't give the VIP twice in a row, especially if it's not going to be to Michael Jordan kind of thing going on for me. Uh, (laughs) And and do you think this episode was better than last week's for Fargo? Yes.
1: Do you think this week of leftovers was better than the previous week? No. No. Then it seems like the choice is evident, right? Right,
0: right. But yeah, yeah but if you, yeah, so I, I think it goes for me Fargo, leftovers, better call Saul.
1: Yeah, I think m- me too. And Fargo and leftovers are just like neck and neck this
0: right, week. Right, right. And it's, it's the thing, is like I was almost not engaged with Fargo beyond just the intellectual, well, Fargo's good and I like the performances and I respect the pedigree until the last, this, these last two weeks. Yeah. Um. So kudos for them from coming out of nowhere and just like really, you know, especially because I think the the other thing that we haven't talked about is the fact that Fargo bats last every week. It does. That is, I I know for a fact that there's probably a little bit of. A little bit of fatigue in my watching when it's late mm. Wednesday night and I'm watching this thing yeah. for the first time. Whereas, you know, Leftovers, like, it's been four days since I've seen, like, my favorite show. I'm fucking ready for it. Yeah. Um. So, like, the fact that DeFargo, I mean, I did uh, all these things have... I don't know which is better. Like, I feel like that going first is the advantage. Although... And There's like, also it's a recency all, bias, right? Yeah, it's like, always seen in like like in the Olympics like going first is hard because right. you know people like want to hold a couple points in reserve because you never know how amazing the next thing's going to be. Uh-huh. Um it's human, but I I feel like for watching television, going first is is the best cuz that's the the first impression, it kind of sticks with you and you're subconsciously judging everything that comes after against that touchstone. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I think Better Call Saul and Fargo have a little bit of a, a, a bias that they're they're not the first thing I see in the league. Hmm. Having said that, it's kind of amazing that Fargo is able to to the best for me leftovers two weeks in a row.
1: Yeah, I think we're not split this week. Uh, our lists are exactly the same.
0: Yep, yep. Um, and then also nice. like I think this was a really good episode. Uh, and and I I remember th- saying that. Better Call Saul really felt like a breath of fresh air. It feels like a season opener this year. Yeah. This week because they just moved storylines in a new direction and there's like a a new sense of momentum and purpose and we've dealt with this other thing and uh, like a lot of forward motion going on and I'm I don't most weeks I try to make sure that people know that this is really splitting pretty fine hairs but this week especially. Yeah. You know if uh, Fargo's 100 then you know the Leftovers is a 97, and, and Better Call Saul is a 95.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, Better Call Saul has, I mean, some pretty momentous events in the timeline of that character, right? mm mm-hmm. um, And it had...
0: It, one of those episodes where they dealt with a lot of characters. And they did it in a complete, like, there were so many theories about when Saul would be born and what circumstances, and no one yeah. saw this coming, and everyone universally agreed that the twist was was both surprising and delightful. Yeah. Uh, and you really see the care of a writer's room that doesn't take the first thing that comes to mind, but they just really stick at it and you say, no, what's the best? What is the best thing that we can come up with? Mm-hmm. And And Jimmy, as a local... TV commercial producer is pretty fucking good for that character it
1: is it's great uh, yeah. but man the there's these shows are all just so good yeah how, how do you pick well I guess you pick week by week and on an arbitrary basis <laughs>
0: yep we'll see we'll see I mean um, Leftovers is entering it's downhill stretch yeah three episodes left three episodes to go so like it wouldn't surprise me if they swept it from here on out and if they don't if they don't win the finale week then oh boy Yeah. That's that's not going to be a good look. Um, (laughs) So the other thing I wanted to do is touch in on um, Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. Okay. Something that I was not super impressed with up until the last episode or two.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Uh, Because what do you think of Richard's Internet 2 project now? Have they done enough with the fact that he's gone through Peter's notes and the fact that that, – you know, um, especially now, I, get, I guess the the net neutrality um, bubbling up in the last few weeks has kind of made me appreciate the where maybe an Internet 2 project, if you could... I, I forget, they had this like mathematical, like, you know, the reason why this Internet 2 project could succeed with a slow growth model versus the other one because of the breakthrough of encryption that they've made in the first season. That this would be, but fe- yeah. like, they had enough mumbo jumbo and enough po- political stuff has gone on with the Internet that I kind of am ready to, like, okay, this could be a multi billion dollar thing if he can pull it off. Whereas at yeah. first it just seemed like a, it's as a boondoggle.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I think Internet 2 did not excite me at all when it was introduced as a concept. But I th- I think the most important thing that excites me is the interaction that Gavin and Richard are going to be forced to have um, mm-hmm. because both of those characters are eccentric in their own ways. Mm-hmm. When you put those two together, I think it's just going to be... Uh, and they're also
0: bad CEOs, both of them. <laughs> they are, yeah. That's the thing both Richard doesn't want to admit, but he's a bad CEO. Yeah, He'd be a great... C.I.O., maybe. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the fact that, like, the, the Gilfoyle character, like, the, it's hard to hit him just right to where, you know, he doesn't just come off as a massive asshole. And uh, the way, and I also felt very real because I've dealt with those personality types where, like, everyone's work is shit and I'm just towering above everyone. Uh-huh. Like, I can't recommend a replacement for myself. I'm just too awesome. Uh, and, like, this whole seduction that, like, he was trying to get Richard to beg him for a job, and then Richard begs him for a job, and he's like, nah, gargle my balls, or whatever it was. Right.
1: Gargle my... Yeah, well, it was. It gargle balls. my balls, mm-hmm. but then he Ch- did... Chortle? Chortle. Chortle, Chortle. Yeah.
0: but then he did, like, make a, re- a record. So, did that surprise... I thought you know, that they were just going to get the gang back together.
1: Yeah, I did, too. Um, and it seems like they are, mm-hmm. still. I mean, Guilfoyle does come in later on, and he's like, yeah, uh, you know, I... What is his rationale? It's basically like there is nobody else who can do this, mm-hmm. um, and I
0: kind of want to watch you fail. Mm-hmm. So, why is Dinesh? I don't know. Why is Dinesh the odd man? Like, so he's still working on the. Is he still to see? No, he's not. That got bought out by Gavin, right? Huli bought Hooli bought the snap the 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 uh, Piper chat. Yep. So what the hell is Dinesh doing? Why I thought he felt very curiously detached this last episode. Like he did, yeah. Like he didn't care that Richard was recruiting Jared and all these other people and
1: Oh, he was wasn't he working on uh seafood?
0: Oh right. With Ehrlich and uh Jin Yang. Right. Which that I thought Jin, the so the best part of this episode in my mind <laughs> was uh Ehrlich thinking he could pull off the Corvette and uh-huh. the fedora, and then him being outside a building looking at his reflection and being like, God damn it. Right. Especially when, what did what did Jing Yang, what did he turn that app into? Oh, the fact that it's a dick pic filter. Oh, right, yeah. Like his seafood can tell hot dog, not hot dog, but it's, the thing <laughs> is, it's, it's and it's only good at that, but it's also really good at penis detection, which is actually yeah. a big problem with a lot of these social media things.
1: It is, and it's perfect that Ehrlich's assholery
0: gave him the idea in the first place. Yeah, yeah, and then he sold... his own doing. It's a little bit of uh, Fargo. He sold his birthright for a bowl of lentil. He's essentially for a a used Corvette. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I love that scene where Jin Yang rolls up in the Corvette and he's blasting
1: this, mm -hmm. I I assume, like, Chinese rap music. Right. And it's just, like, his attitude is just hilarious. Yeah. And, mm, man. I I love when Ehrlich is is thrown into the mud. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's an asshole.
0: I like to see him roll around in the mud. What were some of the other highlights from the the previous? Like, uh, I really enjoyed um, Kumail Nanjiani's uh, hair <laughs> with product in it. Uh, and his, his turn as the CEO. And it turns out he's just as terrible as anybody else. And the uh, not properly age-gating and the EULA. I thought that was pretty funny. And the fact that yep. Gavin... Like went in with this ultra aggressive thing to buy him out, which just played right in their hands it was really funny. Mm. I think what the the previous episode, um, Ehrlich hijacking the the seafood presentation from Jin Yang in real time was was yeah. pretty inspired. That's just, but that's the thing. Like, that's so stupid. Like, why would anything would think a Shazam for food? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to take a picture of this thing, and it'll tell you what type of... What is it? What the fuck? Do you not know what a pancake looks like? Or or just, like, I'm trying to think of, like, what is the market? Like, if somebody just posts an Instagram of their lunch, and someone says, ooh, this looks good, yeah. wh- and and they didn't describe it in any of the metadata, and you could be like, oh, well, that's a pastrami from blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. It's just ridiculous on the face of it that it would get funding.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the point, you know? the These ridiculous concepts just getting
0: funding because... That's what Silicon Valley does. What do you think about Rebecca? Uh, so the the thing that happened with Rebecca, is that her name, Rebecca? I think so. Uh, the one that Richard's always had a crush on. Um, at Raviga. Right, Raviga. The, she is trying to eliminate this brain-dead douche yeah. and gives him false information about seafood, which turns out to be dropped in her lap. I I it made her feel kind of inept because I just feel like that she should have been able to outfight this guy. Mm-hmm. And now this guy's at the top of Ravika and seems like he's uh, he's trying to lead a coup against whatever the autistic CEO of the company is. What's her name? I don't remember. Yeah, but you know who I'm talking about. Like, yeah. I, And also, like, I don't care. Laurie? Yeah, it Laurie? might have been Lori. I don't care about really any of those characters. Like, I don't yeah. understand the fascination, the continued fascination of Rebecca. I think Raviga, like, they, they seem like that. it's kind of desperate that they're trying to keep that company involved in – In I don't know. Maybe it's nice that you have one VC that you know the characters at, so – but I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, just, I,
1: I almost started to think that when they kept Ehrlich in the loop over and over and over again, even though he was
0: on the outs with all the companies that – But Ehrlich is – you keep him around because he he's gold. Right, right. He's a hilarious character. No one uh, in Radika is interesting beyond pretty one note. Like, this girl is hot. Yeah. This girl is doesn't understand anything about anything, even though she's a brilliant businesswoman. Mm-hmm. And this dude is a fucking dumbass who just keeps falling to the top. Yeah. Like, that, I don't know that any of that stuff is super f- interesting or funny. Yeah, I'm with you. It's probably the least funny portion of the show for me. So hopefully, less you know that's a that's a distant C plot and the stuff with Richard and uh, the the uh, the Gavin uh, mm-hmm. heats up. Yeah. Um, what about Bug, Bughead? It's Monica. Monica's her name. Monica. Shoot. Yeah. See, I don't even remember her name. Like if I've been watching for three seasons, I can't. This is what happens when name. you watch nineteen shows at a time. Well, plus it's just I feel also sometimes like I was trying to think of the deputy's name in Fargo. The dumb one that was supposed to be Jim Gaffigan. I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Who cares? I don't know his fucking name. Like, he's been on the screen for two minutes and he made zero impression. So mm-hmm. make a more memorable character next time. Um, also, I'm terrible at names and faces. What uh, do you think
1: Gilfoyle's first name is?
0: Richard. No. Gary. Bertram. Bertram? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I see yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's call him, a weird Gilfoyle. one. Um, What's Bighead doing? He accidentally got offered a pers- professorship at Yale uh, or no Stanford that um, Ehrlich tried to take advantage of. Erlich tried to take advantage of, and then his whole class turned into like they they essentially bought the seafood concept out. Yeah, and did you know because it's essentially a learn it's a neural network that they just feed a bunch of information. It's done deal. Um, so I guess that that's that. I don't know. Like is. is What's going on with Big Head now? I thought it was super entertaining him being, like, this passive member of, the, of Richard's company that his dad is, like, not allowing uh, – uh, or Ehrlich, rather. His dad's not allowing Ehrlich to, to, to jerk around or dick with. But I I don't know. Like, Buckhead's Head's always been a weird kind of floating thing of the show. He's in, he's mm-hmm. out, he's at Hooli, he's not, and he's another one of those, like, just idiots. Or yeah. wait, he's is he a good idiot. coder? Uh – I mean, not by Gilfoy's standards. But. I don't
1: think so, but I really don't know. Okay. I don't know that I've ever seen him code. Okay. Or do anything, honestly. Right,
0: yeah. I'm like, one. Oh, I, I am just wondering, like, what is he, what, what's his future? I mean, he's, is he funny? I mean, the guy's got a funny, he, he looks funny. Uh-huh, yeah. But that's about all there is to it.
1: I he, guess he's, his situation is funny. He can't be
0: insulted, he can't be shamed. Right. <laughs> right he has no he has no pride or even sense of self. it almost seems like he adopts whatever sense of self
1: someone tells him he should have
0: yeah it's like well okay, yeah I guess so then like Ehrlich <laughs> rips massive bong hits to get to where bughead rolls out of bed every day yeah uh I don't know so it's weird but I, I'm glad because like I was really worried about this season uh, mm-hmm. up until the last two episodes and it's finally gotten gotten kind of funny yeah um, anything else that we've been doing on the side? No. Do you want to talk about? Nope. Alright. Well, that's it. We will uh Cecily and I will be back next week. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm starting to figure out get my footing with American Gods. That show has been really amazing. Handmade Tale has been really, really uh good as well and amazing. Uh we'll be back to talk uh give updates about that so far in the season, and then we'll also be back on Bald Move TV to do Who Won the Week Again. Uh that's coming out all next week. And uh if you like to Join us with all the other stuff we're doing at Bald Move. You can find it all at baldmove.com. Follow us on Facebook uh, at uh, slash uh, baldmove. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at baldmove. As always, if you'd like to send feedback on the TV show, tv at baldmove.com. But we will see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.